Hey, welcome to the Science of Parenting podcast, where we connect you with research-based information that fits your family. We'll talk about the realities of being a parent and how research can help guide our parenting decisions. I'm Mackenzie Johnson, parent of two littles with their own quirks, and I'm a parenting educator. And I'm Lori Hangs, parent of three in three different life stages. One's launched, one's in college, and one is in high school. And I am a temperament educator. And we are still in season three. We were able Mm -hmm. to launch this season. We were very excited and we are still very excited. I think it's taking us forever to get through all the traits, but I love every single minute of it. Like I just want to get to some, you know, the traits that we have later on or the goodness of fit, you know, anyway, that's all later. I'll say nine, nine traits is a lot, but each one is like so good on its own and we couldn't not, we got to cover each of them. Each one gets their own special time. Exactly. And then we have these other like trickled in topics, right? Sleep. Oh, sleep is such a good one. I love that one. But we got so many good ones still coming. We do. And today we are going to be talking about adaptability. Mm -hmm. So just a quick reminder about what temperament is and what it isn't before we start. Remember, temperament is our predisposition to how we react. It's Mm -hmm. inborn, it's genetic, and it, it was with us from the very beginning of life. It's our behavior and it goes way back to the beginning. And how is it different from personality? Well, think about temperament as the foundation. And it is from that foundation that we begin to layer on top things like our growth and development, our personality, how people react to us, where we grow up in our environment. So we start with temperament and layer everything on top of that. And that's the thing is temperament's always been there. Mm-hmm. And it's always going to be there, right? Always going to be there. <laughs> so, yes, we are really digging in, right? We like to look at things with this lens of research and reality. And so we're using that research to explore these nine temperament traits and other things about temperament. Um, in particular, today we're exploring that adaptability. Uh, but these temperament traits do come uh, from the research from Thomas and Chess as as well as Jim Cameron and his colleagues at Kaiser Permanente. And they have been tracking temperament with thousands of kids over the last 30 plus years. And so what we know is that every kid and adult got all nine temperament traits. It's just a matter of figuring out how much of each one we got. Did you get a little? We have all nine. (laughs) Yeah, we have all nine. Did we get a little? Did we get a lot? Did your kids get a little? Did they get a lot? Um, And so, yeah, if you want a little more refresher on those nine traits and the resources that we have, how you can figure out where your kid's temperament fall in these continuums, uh, we have that over on our website, scienceofparenting.org. You can go check out those temperament resources. But for today, like Lori said, we're talking about adaptability, which the irony of the hiccups we've had trying to get to the place to give you this podcast on adaptability. There was weather issues and internet issues and all of these things. And the irony of it is not lost. It was truly one of those days where we could not have uh, worked on adaptability more. (laughs) We really couldn't. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. So here we are finally recording our podcast on adaptability. So ready to share it with you. Yes. (laughs) Let's look at how we define adaptability when it comes to temperament. So Mm -hmm. I want you to think of it this way. Adaptability is about shifting from activity to activity we call those transitions. So Mm -hmm. how quickly do children react to changes in their schedule or routines? And think about an entire day when you think about adaptability and transitions. Literally all day long from the moment we open our eyes, we are transitioning from one place to another, one person to another, one activity to another. And so transitions are happening constantly. And Mm -hmm. as we talk about this temperament trait adaptability, that's what I want you to really think about is changing from one thing to the next, one person to the next, one activity to the next. And Mary Sheedy Krasinka really talks about adaptability as one of those key traits when she talks about that parent-child power struggle. Mm. Absolutely. Those thinking about those transitions, right? Getting from 
pajamas into our clothes, getting mm -hmm. from bed to the shower, getting all of those things are transitions. And because as adults, you know, we've had all these experiences, whether we're less adaptable or more adaptable, but we've had experiences to navigate the world with our temperament. And so we have those skills. And so they help us get through our day. Our kids are still kind of in that, like, right. I've used the word raw, right. Mm -hmm. They're raw mm -hmm. temperament brain. They don't have all the experiences and skills that we do, which means whether they're highly adaptable or less adaptable means they could use some help, right. They could use a patient adult who can help provide some calm and some understanding as they do move from bath to bed and play to supper. And I mean, a big one is also a big transition is school to home, right? Mm -hmm. oh, um, there's totally different norms and rules and all of those things are a part of that transition and that change. They are. Um, so it does it take some patience from adults. It does. So as we think about this definition, right, that they give us in the research of adaptability, I always just like to like, what do you think of in your own words? What are the things that come to mind for you when you think of adaptability? So we chatted through this and I thought, <laughs> you know, it's not so much as a definition, as much as I can hear myself saying when I feel adaptability kick in, whether mm -hmm. it's my adaptability or my child's mm -hmm. adaptability, I feel it and I, I hear the words come out of my mouth because I said so. <laughs> and I just think, okay, when I, when I feel a resistance to adaptability, those are the words that come out of my mouth because I said so. Mm, <laughs> like, I can't give you a reason because I said so. Like, I can't just because. Because. I'm not giving you just because. Yes, yes. exactly. Just because. <laughs> How about yes. you? I think of those words, yeah, like that transition, like what we're getting ready to go from one thing to the next thing or one place to the next place. Um, and I do, I think about that transition as well as if there's a change to how things normally go. I think that's mm. also a part of adaptability. Um, but the question I kind of ask myself when I think about how adaptable am I or how adaptable, you know, someone else might be is like, how easy is it for me or somebody else if what is expected changes? Right. Ooh, um, yes. Yeah. So like how, okay, I was expecting this and now the plan is different. Is that an mm -hmm. easy thing for me or is that a difficult thing for me? Or sometimes I might even say it's an energizing thing. I'm a highly mm -hmm. adaptable. And so, but yes, mm -hmm. I, I'm getting in, I'm getting in too far, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So lots of different ways to think about adaptability. I think that transition and that I love your, when my resistance to adaptability kicks in, I might yes. say, because I said so. Because I said so. Just because. Yes. Stop asking me why. <laughs> yes. I don't want to talk about it because. Yes. Yes. Oh, funny. So let's talk a little bit about this continuum of adaptability, right? Whether we got a little or whether we got a lot. Uh, you know, and one thing we should say as we think about adaptability, it's important to mention um, what we're talking about on our podcast is temperament. And we're talking about this trait of adaptability. Mm -hmm. We are not talking about a medical diagnosis of ODD or oppositional defiance disorder. One does not necessarily equate to the other. So talking about temperament, let's look at when, you know, kind of this variation of normal, right? Anywhere on the spectrum of adaptability is considered normal. Um, but can we talk a little bit about some of those extremes, Lori? Sure, absolutely. So let's start with the less adaptable child. Uh, a child on the, the lower end of the continuum that just didn't get as much adaptability as everyone else. And mm. the bottom line here is that these kids just need time to adjust. Mm. They need time to shift. They need time to prepare to make that shift. And if we think that we can teach them to be spontaneous, I mean... Honestly, you just have to be prepared to, you know, bang your head against the wall then their entire <laughs> life. <laughs> remember, temperament is at its core genetic and, and they got this. Now we can teach them how to deal with this. But for those kiddos on the lower end of adaptability, they truly find change extremely challenging. Mm -hmm. And they're exhausted at the end of a day because they have been transitioning and transitioning and transitioning all day long. Okay. I love that so much. I think that is so insightful. And when you like hearing you say that, I think of my family members and my friends that may be less adaptable and it's just like, yeah, they've been adapting all day. So by the end of the day, that makes so much sense. Like all these transitions throughout the day end up exhausting when you're less exactly. adaptable. 
And they're oh. really your natural planner. And so mm. when when things don't go as planned or as they planned or as they saw the picture in their head when they woke up in the morning, it's exhausting. Mm. And yes. so, you know, we need to teach them how to conserve their energy and how to work through some of those transitions. Mm, absolutely. And yeah, the, that transition and that change. And yeah, that is just like hearing you say that. I'm like, yes, that makes so much sense. <laughs> um, and so, yes, um, my daughter is actually, I would, her profile shows she's actually on the lower end of adaptability. And I think I, you guys have heard me say on the podcast that she, she's a kid with a plan. Like she knows mm -hmm. what she wants. She knows what she expects. Um, and so sometimes it can be a challenge for her when things don't go that way. And um, because that is a part of her temperament. Um, and we recently moved. And so uh, we've been experiencing a lot of change and transition <laughs> in our life in this process. And uh, for the most part, I mean, I think it's just is such an example of her adaptability. For the most part, our living room is actually like pretty similar to how it was at our previous home. And there's just like this five shelf bookshelf that was in like a different corner than it was in the old house, but almost everything else is the same. And she told me one day in the living room and she goes, mom, everything has changed. And she pointed to that bookshelf and she goes, the bookshelf's not in the right spot. Oh yeah. She's a kid that notices those details. And to her, right. That was a change. Like not only are we in a different house, but the bookshelf has changed. It's different. Um, and so actually I was actually preparing to kind of, we hadn't really settled on how the living room was set up, but just kind of where it ended up. And so I was planning to rearrange some stuff anyway. And I was like, you know what? Hmm. That's something I can meet her where she's at, right? For me, the change feels like refreshing and energizing, but she's having a hard time with a lot of the other changes we're having. And so this is somewhere I could kind of meet her where she's at with her like lower adaptability. Um, and so, yeah, thinking about all that change is just exhausting to her and that makes things hard. And That's kudos hard. to you for being willing to move a piece of furniture. Because if you think about had you left it there, like every time she transitioned into that room, <laughs> there'd be just another little uh in her energy. And mm -hmm. so sometimes we can be so adamant that something is going to be our way when really, you know, in the whole grand mm -hmm. scheme of things, does it matter at this point where that bookshelf is? I don't know. In right. some people's minds, it might be, and other people's minds would be like, well, just move the bookshelf, right? Right. Well, and like, and based on your own reality, right? Exactly. I'm not saying, oh, you, everybody should move the bookshelf. Like, no, but it made sense for us. I was already planning to rearrange some of those things a little bit. I'm like, this is something that we could compromise. You know, I can meet her where she's at with this. Um, she's already experienced a lot of change and a lot of other things. So this is where we yes. can meet her. Um, That's awesome. But yeah, so let's talk about this more highly adaptable because that, that would be where I fall. <laughs> So the other side of the spectrum is the child that is highly adaptable. And mm. this child may be curious. They may, may be attracted to newness. And this newness includes their attraction to people and things. So mm. they might, you know, be some risk takers. They might be adventurers. They might seek out novelty and quickly tire of repetition. And <laughs> remember each end of the each end of the continuum has important things to consider. And this highly adaptable child, they might need someone to help them kind of stop and think about things before they go off too fast. I'm trying to hold in my laughter. <laughs> uh, because this is that this resonates with me a lot. And I even think of myself as a kid that yes, that I would, I'm ready to jump into things feet first. Oh, change something new or let's try something a different way. Or yes, I even think of the example for myself of like running errands. That is a thing oh. that's like, oh, I'll hop in the car. We'll go do da, 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 da. I don't mind that kind of stuff. And for a long time, I thought like, this will be so fun with my daughter. We'll hop in the car and we'll have a little day date doing these things. For me, that's energizing. For her, she does not like it. And so I would get, we would get in the car and I was thinking like, we're going to have this fun little date and it was <laughs> not fun. fun. <laughs> and it was not fun for her, you know, getting in out of the car. I mean, in this, we don't really run errands together now, you know, with everything going on and the pandemic, but you know, especially when she was littler that I thought that was the thing she was, we would enjoy doing together. And that's not fun for her um, exactly. with her adaptability level, like getting in and out of the car and those things. Exactly. That's not fun for her. And you let us right into that area of how do we think about, 
ourselves and our adaptability mm. and those things that are different from our children's adaptability. Are they mm -hmm. the same? Are they different? Uh, yesterday we were recording. And like we said, we had some big challenges. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of all this, my college age student was wondering, you know, what time were we going to be recording? So she could be very mm -hmm. quiet. And I, I kept changing the time. <laughs> it, was, it was easy for me to change the time. It was easy for you to change the time. For mm -hmm. her, she was frustrated with us because we mm -hmm. kept changing the time. And you know, the thing about our temperament traits is once we recognize what our temperament is, it's not an excuse for us mm. to just behave that way because of our temperament. You know, she there was no way that we could change what was happening. And so I had to help her figure out how to deal with yes. her less adaptable temperament. Um, yes, and, you're bringing those skills. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. There are going to be times where we have to buck up against our temperament and figure out a way to get past it. Absolutely. And so as I guess, as you think about your family and where mm -hmm. you guys kind of fall on this trait of the continuum, where would you say you guys are at? I definitely am more adaptable than mm -hmm. my children. I'm more adaptable than all three of them. Out of the three of them, one of them is more adaptable than the other two. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so I, I think I had to have one on each area of the continuum. Mm -hmm. If we think about the the low, the middle, and the high, uh, yes. yes. And, and there are times where, boy, I know that we've you know butted heads against mm -hmm. each other, against the wall, because we're the same and we're different. Mm, absolutely. Uh, so I tend to be on the higher end. My son is probably a little more in the middle. And then my um, co-parent, my husband and my daughter are both on the lower end. Um, sure. You know, Lori, you did a sign for me to take those profiles. And I did. And I'm loving the insight that we're getting from them, um, that I'm getting from them, I should say, <laughs> with understanding each other. Um, but one thing that was really interesting for me in this trait in particular was, so my daughter being on the lower end, um, when it comes to my son, I assumed that he was like very adaptable because he's more adaptable than my daughter. And I could like kind of feel that out was my guess. Um, but when we were talking through that, I was like, I was surprised he wasn't as adaptable as I thought. And our writer Barb pointed out, okay, but your frame of reference is your older child. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, it, it helped me realize I'm likely to overestimate, you know, that adaptability or even other traits too, because my frame of reference is like, okay, the, like my older child was the standard in my head. And so mm -hmm. if you're more adaptable, oh, you must be so adaptable. Like, okay, actually you're kind of more in the middle. So I think that frame of reference as we think about that continuum is significant so to you. So yes. important. And, and so I do, I even think about like, I like to rearrange the furniture. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I talk about moving the bookshelf and stuff, but to me, that was something that when we, I would do that growing up with like my, with my mom and my siblings, we rearrange something mm -hmm. and it was so energizing and the space felt fresh. And I did not understand for a long time when my husband would be like, can we just leave it? I'm like, <laughs> but I was like, Oh, but it feels so good when it's rearranged. He's like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> oh my goodness. And you know, I think that that is so important to recognize what's your frame of reference. And the fact that you thought he was so very adaptable when really you, there are going to be times as he grows up that you maybe all of a sudden think, well, why is he being this way? Because I thought he was so adaptable, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is yeah. a great way for us to bring in developmental milestones stones, right? So yes. as children grow, there are going to be times when because of their age, like they're literally working on some developmental skill. And as they learn new skills, they're going to be tapping into their temperament to work through those skills. So we might appreciate a certain part of their temperament in this case, adaptability more as an infant and that same exact temperament trait and the level that they're at, we may not appreciate it as much as they grow into a different age and a different milestones. Absolutely. And I think about, okay, so as I think about these different milestones and adaptability at different ages, that my second child was my easier, easier baby. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but I tend to, kind of like assign that meaning of like, oh, a good baby, right? Mm -hmm. 
which isn't really fair, right? That's not a helpful label. We don't want to assign good and bad, um, you know, versus a child who maybe is less adaptable. And we might use words like difficult or inflexible. Mm -hmm. And those, yeah, those labels of like, whether it was good or bad, it's, it's not helpful, one, for a child to hear that their basic temperament is good or bad, but also the way that we think about them, right? Mm -hmm. And that at this age, you know, we might really value this, you know, and we think this is a great trait, right? As an easy baby. And then, yeah, as they get older, all of a sudden it's a concern instead of something we think is great. Um, and so, yeah, assigning that like good and bad is uh, just not, not helpful. And it's something to reflect on, I think, for myself and other parents of how do we talk about those labels with our kids? So um, important. Because we know they'll look so different important. at the different ages, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm. So, it, let's let's walk through a couple of developmental milestones through the yes. ages. So if we think about infants, we think about their the milestone they're working on is really that idea of developing trust with their caregiver. And so mm -hmm. a less adaptable infant, you know, they're going to struggle with being passed around at family mm -hmm. gatherings. Everyone wants to hold the new baby. Mm -hmm. And there is that idea that, well, babies just naturally want to be held by caregivers, right? Mm -hmm. But if they're working through this, I, this development of trust and they're less adaptable, they're not going to want to be held by many mm -hmm. different people. And, you know, the first two people might have that cuzzy, cozy, cuddly, mm -hmm ugly baby, but that third person, you know, might get the crying. And, and sometimes as, as parents, we feel this shame that our baby, mm. you know, isn't easily held by other people. And that's not necessarily it. It's, it could just be that they're not as adaptable. Yes. And I think about sometimes family members that mm. our role as parents can be to advocate, you know, mm -hmm. understanding mm -hmm. that our baby, it's not that our, my baby doesn't like you. It's that, well, when grandma and grandpa get here, they want to hold them. And then when, by the time you're here, they've been passed and that's hard for them. There's nothing wrong with your baby and there's nothing no. wrong with, you know, your family member or friend. It's just, I, I literally remember, I don't know if you remember this or not, but I remember coming to your door when your first child was born and mm -hmm. I had waited. And as I got to the door and uh, I was going to come in and visit with you and see the new mm -hmm. baby for the first time, um, you, you were going to offer for me to hold her. And you said, mm -hmm. and I remember the face that you had and you said, but she might cry. And uh, you felt so badly for me. And I thought, you know what? No, that's okay. You can hold her. And uh, now we look at her four years later and we think, yes, guess what? She's just not adaptable and that's okay. But I remember yeah. seeing your face <laughs> and you'd be being so, so sorry. Like you had to explplain uh, and, yeah. um, and really that word advocacy is so important. So, mm -hmm. okay, so let's oh, Lori, my heart, <laughs> you're so right. I did. And I do think so many of us like experience shame over our kids temperament that we don't, mm. that we shouldn't, right? Like it's nobody's fault and it's not good or bad because it's no. going to look different, right? That less adaptable might be a challenge now, but it, we're going to value it, right? Cause it's going to look different at different yeah. ages. It is. So let's keep moving up that scale into that toddler preschooler age. So the toddler and preschoolers, they're really working on that independence away from us and they're trying mm. new things. And, you know, the mm -hmm. toddlers are me, mine, I do it. Right. And so you talked about getting in and out of the car and that whole yeah. idea of autonomy. I'm going to take care of this myself. And so a less adaptable child, boy, that, that getting in and out of the car takes a lot of energy because they want to do it every time by themselves. Mm. Like, I've got this, I've got to put my seatbelt on. I got to click this and now I got to rearrange my coat. And now I got to climb down. And, and so mm -hmm. it gets exhausting and, yes. and, and it is, it's just, I want to do it myself, but I'm trying to balance this temperament trait of less adaptable in it. And whew, I am, I'm wiped. So I'm going to have a meltdown right here in the parking lot. Yes. Versus <laughs> that more adaptable child, you know, the, like, you know, the running errands, the hopping out of the car might be an exciting oh, day. Energizing. Yes. <laughs> or, oh my gosh, mom, I have no energy left to try to control all these emotions I'm having. Exactly. <laughs> yes. All right. So let's think about what's going on with the school-age child. So the school-age mm -hmm. child, they're working on being more competent at things, um, mm -hmm. mastery of skills. And as they prepare to go to school that day, they walk in the room and there's a substitute teacher or mm. there is a student teacher. Mm. And suddenly that whole plan in their head 
just goes out the window. How am I going to master my math skills today with this person who I don't know? I -hmm. need to master this. I was planning on having the success today, this great accomplishment. And now my adaptability has kicked in. I don't feel like I can master this. Mm -hmm. You know, that less adaptable child oof, they might struggle that whole day in school, that whole week in school, whenever that that lead teacher is new versus the more adaptable child, you know, they might get bored with their same teacher all day long. We've gone over and over this math set for days. I've got it, okay? Mm-hmm. And so that adaptability can, you know, maybe cause some behavior problems for the child who's very adaptable and gets bored with all that mm-hmm. repetition. Mm-hmm. I even think of like a substitute teacher or a different, you know, a different adult leading the classroom for the more adaptable child, like almost getting like hyper and like mm-hmm. getting over the top, like getting themselves in trouble because it's like, oh, this is exciting day. Da-da-da. And like mm-hmm. kind of almost going off of like, wow, okay. Exactly. Like exactly. Dial it back. Exactly. <laughs> dial it back. Yeah. Yes. So the last stage we'll look at then will be the preteens and the teens. And the developmental milestone they're really working on is those friendships and how do we get into social groups and thinking about mm-hmm. the less adaptable temperament trait, you know, that might cause problems in friend groups because they may not always be willing to go out and do something new. They 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 mm-hmm. enjoy doing the same thing because it's comfortable. They know what to expect versus the child who's more adaptable. Now, remember, they might be that adventurer, that risk taker. And so they might need the adult to step in and confine their identity because Mm -hmm. the adult has to say, okay, but wait a second, what are the risks in this? Mm -hmm. So those power struggles are in both cases for both ends of the the continuum are, are real when it comes oh, to teens. Yeah. Well, and I even think of, you know, like, okay, you're hanging out with your friends after, you know, a basketball game, you know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And thinking like, okay, we were hanging out at the game and then like, I'm going to go home. Or maybe I was planning to hang out with so-and-so mm-hmm. and that very adaptable so-and-so was like, oh, hey, let's all and whether that feels like an easy thing, you know, whether it's like, oh, we're going to change the plans whether that feels good or doesn't feel good, that can absolutely cause some struggle with your friends, you know, which is of course a really hard thing for a preteen and a teen who's, you know, really developing that social identity. Mm -hmm. For sure. Adaptability. Remember we talked also about learning to respond. So Mm -hmm. when we think about learning to respond to a child's number, a child's natural temperament, uh, the original researchers, Chesson Thomas talked about goodness of fit. And it's that idea of learning to understand what they come with so that we don't blame the child or even ourselves. And when we look at that goodness of fit, it really helps us to bring out the best in both of us. And mm-hmm. it might actually even make our job easier. And ultimately, learning about and beginning to really understand temperament it can help us prevent behavior problems. And so look again at the adaptability of your child, of your own, you might not be surprised if they're similar or you might not be surprised if they're different. And it's about beginning to navigate that, that is essential to that idea of goodness of fit. Absolutely. And I, the word that comes to mind, you talk about Mary Shidi Krasinka talks about the power struggle with adaptability. I think of the word clash, Mm. like the clash Mm -hmm. that can come in. And this clash might be, that you're different, right? That I'm highly adaptable and my child's not, or Mm -hmm. it could be that we're the same, right? Mm -hmm. That we're struggling because we're similar and we're trying to prevent even unconsciously, like because of my temperament, I experienced this kind of difficult thing as a kid and I don't want you to feel that way or I have shame Mm -hmm. about this. And so thinking about all those things, like you're too similar to me. I don't want you to have that. And it Mm -hmm. can cause a clash. Absolutely. Um, Yes, but our writer Barb, um, as she was kind of talking through this episode with us, brought up this question that I just love as we think about adaptability and the goodness of fit. I do too. Um, So she says, when we're looking at the behaviors of our children, thinking about transitions and change, do we view their behavior from a lens of annoyance Mm. or from a lens of exploration and learning? Mm. And so as I think about developing that goodness of fit with my (laughs) Right. (laughs) I love the things she says. Mm -hmm. Um, Do we think about 
you know, those transitions and change. And maybe if we are having that power struggle around those transitions, we know a lot of kids are prone to that transition time being hard. Do I view it as like, why are you being difficult? Or like, I almost think of like the scientific method of like, I'm observing and understanding like, okay, seems like every day at bedtime we're having a hard time. Like, mm -hmm. or I'm observing, yeah, at the end of the day, you're exhausted or by supper time or, you know, or viewing those things of like, oh, you really dive in head first to this stuff, mm -hmm. um, you know? And so recognizing our own lens and how that can affect how we parent, right? How we develop those skills and that goodness of fit with our kids' temperament and our Absolutely. own. Absolutely. Yes. Is that clash maybe coming from our own experiences and our lens of, well, they're being difficult or they're a bother or, okay, they, I'm learning to explore and understand this. I love the idea that we're looking at the whole day and how mm. those transitions really begin to wear us out because what happens at the end of the day, you know, dinner, homework, mm. Mm. and end of day conversations, you know, bedtimes, those types of things. And so when it comes to adaptability, how many more power struggles do we have, you know, mm. after work, after yeah. that? hour. And so really beginning to think about that lens. Is there a way that we can look through a different lens? Mm -hmm. Barb also, I'm not sure if it was you or if it was Barb has now <laughs> captioned this phrase, but what's wonderful? Yes. So yes, one of the classes wonderful. we've taught on temperament. Yeah. What's, what's wonderful about either end of the spectrum. So we can shift that lens. What's wonderful about this trait, even if it looks different at different ages and we might value it differently or have concerns about it. What's wonderful about it? Okay, so on the lower end of the continuum, the child that's less adaptable, what might you say is wonderful about that child in this trait? Okay, so a less adaptable child, what's wonderful about a less adaptable child? They are thoughtful. We're going to take it all in first. Purposeful, because remember, mm -hmm. they're the natural planners. Uh, I would say they are deliberate because of that plan that they have. And I would also say that the less adaptable children are insightful because they've taken the time to really think through things. How about you? Well, you stole some of my words that I was going to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> because, yes, I had, you know, this idea of being a planner. Um, absolutely is what I think of is like, I know what I expect in the day and how we're going to move forward. Um, but I do, I think also like that pensive, that thoughtful, uh, you know, of like I, the transitions and how the day is going to go. And then um, other word I had was just prepared. Mm, right. Absolutely. Um, like, okay, this is the thing we're going to do next. And I think mm -hmm. that might be kind of a natural or we could, it's a skill we build with mm -hmm. our less adaptable kids. They learn to be planners um, because that's how they navigate the transitions. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So what about the higher end of our spectrum? Okay, I have uh, a favorite word, actually. Can I? I have a favorite you, word. You can use it. You can use it first. Um, okay. I, was, <laughs> I ask you and then I'm like, oh, I actually have something I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite word for highly adaptable, spontaneous. Mm. Yes, mm, I do. I just love like, I think that is an empowering way. Sometimes people might use the word like flighty or flaky. And it's like, okay, an adaptable kid, they're spontaneous. They mm -hmm. are energized by the change. Sorry. Okay. What words do you have now that and I took my turn? I would add uh, flexible and creative possibly as well uh, because they can catch, they can catch things that, uh, other people might miss because they they quickly they quickly decide to go after it. Mm, yes, I I tend to think of like the like the go with the flow. Mm, um, absolutely. Yes, mm -hmm. like going with the flow, or even like an early adopter. Like, oh, I could handle this change. I'll jump right in. Oh, I'd yes. be willing to test that out for you because I'd enjoy. You know, that'd be a, a fun thing for me. Um, and so there are. There's again always assets and liabilities, but that lens of whichever mm -hmm. end of the continuum your child is on that lens of like, there are wonderful things about this and I want to see it as a gift, right? They're That's totally, what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, totally. I want to see this as a gift because I want to value this in that. Mm. So are we ready to think about it in terms of our own reality and our tools? Yes. So as listeners, as parents yourself, you know, okay, so you've learned lots about adaptability. Maybe you've kind of been trying, starting to identify whether your child falls on one of the extremes or more in the middle. And it's like, all right, I need to think about how I parent and the skills that I have. We have some really great tips um, from uh, the Raising Your Spirit a Child book, right? Mary Shidi Krasinka shares great tips with us. 
Yes, she does. Especially because she keys in on adaptability as one of those places where that child, child parent power struggle happens. And so mm -hmm. I want you to play along with me. So mm -hmm. I want you to think of a power struggle um, between you and your child that centers around the fact that you two are different in terms of adaptability. You two in particular. Are change. Okay. Right. Okay. So transitions uh, around the adaptability. And so I'm going to use some words and I want you to think about if you had utilized these tools, these techniques, um, how might that power struggle have ended differently? Mm -hmm. So the first idea we have here from Mary's book is using words. And next is allowing time or giving a forewarning. Helping to deal with a disappointment. Establishing routines. Needing closure. And working together. Mm. So using words, allowing time, helping deal with a disappointment, needing closure, and working together. Mm. Yes. Which none of those things match up with my definition of because I said so. <laughs> so what do you tend to like, because I said so? Oh, maybe it's not helpful if I just say that. That's not that helpful. No. <laughs> uh, but it is, I think of, yeah, a power struggle that is kind of frequent in our house might be, or where adaptability comes into play, bedtime. My co-parent and I take turns on who's putting the kids, like who's putting which kid to bed. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes my daughter, less adaptable, struggles with that of like, oh, well, I thought I was having so much fun with dad. I thought dad was going to put me to bed. Mm -hmm. And some nights, yeah, my adaptability is like, oh, come on, let's just go. Like, and because I am highly adaptable, like, it's fine, let's just go. And but when I take that time to maybe like, I know you've been having so much fun with dad, you're disappointed because I'm the one putting you to bed. <laughs> um, but like, okay, let's give dad a hug, right? Give some of that closure using those words, mm -hmm. acknowledging that disappointment. Um, and then, yeah, f like one thing we have kind of established is um, my husband and I use a pretty similar bedtime routine with her. So that part, you know, that's, we're establishing that routine. So that part's good. So, and, and, and all of that, essentially what you're doing is you're respecting their mm -hmm. adaptability. Mm -hmm. You're not using it as an excuse. You're respecting it. And just the fact that you might say words like, I know, or I hear, or even I understand. I mean, that piece is so important. And, and that, that first idea of using words and using words that show respect, essentially mm -hmm. that can begin to bring that power struggle down fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. Yes. I hear that you were having so much fun with dad and you were thinking he was going to put you to bed. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not saying, okay, fine. Dad's going to put you to bed instead of me. Right. I'm right. saying, oh, this is hard. This is different than you expected. Um, and I'm going to put you to bed. Mm -hmm. Yes. I um, know you wanted to go outside and play with your friends, but we need to, we need to do this now because something came up, mm -hmm. you know, just using words instead yes. of saying, because I said so. Yeah. Well, and even I think with like teens, you know, yeah. if, you know, they make plans with their friends and yeah, highly adaptable. They're like, oh, okay, well, we're just going to change it. We're going to go do this instead. Mm -hmm. And you're like, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> um, dial it back. Like Mackenzie right? said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dial it back. But it's like, okay, let's talk about, okay, you were thinking this is what you could go do. This doesn't fit with what we need to do, you know? And so still using those words, you know, right. All of those things. I understand. I hear you. You wanted to do this. That's not going to be what we can do tonight. Um, exactly. All of those strategies, you know, exactly. work either way. I actually have some phrasing. So with these strategies in mind from Mary Sheedy Krasinka's book, some phrases that we use in our house that I think relate to adaptability. So I kind of want to share those. Yes. Um, one in particular, which I think I've talked about before, is asking what's your plan? And yes. so for my less adaptable child, you know, it's about like understanding where she's at, if those things align, because if I'm going to have to totally change the plan she has, I need to be, I can anticipate, right, that that might be hard for her. And so by asking, I can start to anticipate. Um, for more adaptability, it might be like, do you have a plan? You do very you lovely, plan? spontaneous <laughs> child. Do you have a plan? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, do you have a plan for how to get home after uh, you have 
hitched a ride with a friend out to their farm that's six miles outside of town. Do you have a plan how to get home? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coming to get you. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. And so what's your plan exactly. um, is one phrase we use that I think is for adaptability. Another one is um, actually I use this phrase for myself as highly adaptable, like maybe just not right now. Mm. Um, you know, that as someone who's highly adaptable and I'm attracted to like something new and the change. And so I might jump in head first when it's like, this maybe isn't what I should do. And so I like, okay, this opportunity could likely come around again. Maybe just not right now. Maybe not right now. Um, and then the other kind of transition phrase that I use a lot in my house is like, okay, how much time do we need? Do we need a lot of time? Do you need a little time? Do you need three minutes? Do you need 10? Um, and kind of providing that time of like, okay, you want 10 more minutes to work on that or to watch that or to play that. Um, and so figuring that and kind of for, stuff out. And for a while, 10 minutes might just be three minutes. And then until they yes. learn how to tell time, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Am I giving you a lot of time or a little time? <laughs> That's great. Well, okay. So are we ready for a question from our producer, the Stop, Breathe, Talk space? I think I can handle it. I think. All right. I can't be that confident, but... <laughs> Hey, so, hey. you know, sometimes I am right there. I have a question that relates to kind of the conversations that we've had today. I'm going to switch gears on you guys. Ooh. So okay. we've gotten into a number of temperament traits up to this point. So I want to start to have a conversation on how different temperament traits start to affect one another, right? Because we are not just one temperament trait. We are looking at these in terms of one temperament trait. And you don't have to go too in-depth on this. Um, I'm guessing this is more of a Lori question as well. But just an example, can you get... Because you're the because you're the one who has studied this more and you've taught it more, so you may understand it. But, but I'm sure Mackenzie has great examples as well. Yeah, I know some things. Okay, no. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying you don't. I'm just saying that Mackenzie, you, you you're also allowed to go, Lori. This is your question. So, okay. <laughs> so just as an example, one of the things that as we were talking through persistence, right? I you had said people who are persistent are more stubborn. And I was thinking, well, I'm less persistent, but a lot of people consider me stubborn. And Lori goes, that's because of your adaptability, <laughs> which I have a lower adaptability. So we start to look at how one plays into another. Do you have any good examples of that? Or just, um, I guess, yeah, good examples of that in terms of like adaptability. We can look at it adapt in a terms of adaptability since that's what we're talking about today. But how do some of those start to play into that? So one trait in particular that we have not touched on is are you approaching or withdrawing? And I often tie adaptability to approaching and withdrawing. And I might say it like this. And I also do the same thing with persistence, which we have talked about, and distractibility, which we talk about next week. Mm -hmm. So if you take those two combinations, so let's look at uh, persistence and distractibility. So I'm highly distractible, but I'm also very persistent. Mm -hmm. So let's pretend that I'm teaching a class and I can hear someone's pen clicking while I'm teaching. I hear the pen clicking because I'm distractible. I hear it, I hear it, I hear it, I hear it, I hear it. But I'm also persistent so I can keep talking and keep teaching. And you're also so, in, you're also adaptable. So and I'm also can, adaptable, So you, yes. can, you can work with what the situation is even though you're looking and over here. And sensitive, right? To, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And so they all wrap into each other. But when we think about a big emotion that we have, it becomes really important to try to recognize or a big emotion that our child has. If we can pinpoint which trait is really the one driving oh, sure. that emotion that helps us dial back the emotion. Mm -hmm. And so if, if it's persistence or if it's adaptability that is driving this breakdown, this meltdown, this, sure. you know, an inability to move through the transition that really helps us then pick our tool. Okay. How are we going to help our child? Yes. They're 
temperament traits are all wrapped together. But right now, it's their lack of adaptability that is driving this meltdown to go into the store together. Right. Mm. That makes oh, sense. Yeah, that that makes me think of one of our conversations that we've had on um, adaptability specifically and the fact that, you know, as I, I'm learning a lot from Lori as she talks through this and Mackenzie as she gives examples and talks through it. So learning a lot about myself as well and that, that pinpointing of why am I feeling this emotion? And for mm-hmm. me, I feel a lot of disappointment when people change plans. Like if we make plans, mm-hmm. I'm okay mm-hmm. if we don't make plans and we like go with the flow, but as soon as plans are made in advance. Mm -hmm. And then those plans are like, Oh, sorry, I can't be there. Mm -hmm. I feel that really deeply because Mm -hmm. I am less adaptable. Um, and really Mm -hmm. until we talked through this, I was like, Oh, that would be why. And I've gotten better about telling people like this really disappoints me when this happens, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, that adapting to adaptability that I don't know if that works, that's a skill but, right, right it it is. Is. Yeah, learning, navigating with that temperament learning that skill mm-hmm. but being able to pinpoint that as well but also acknowledge that there are a lot of things at play there so exactly mm-hmm. and one of the things Mary Shitty Krasinka talks about in her book um she talks about like yes acknowledging that saying to your child helping them learn like you need time to adjust to change. Like it's helpful for you to have time to Mm -hmm. process this Mm -hmm. or recognizing your first instinct is going to be no thanks to that change (laughs) and recognizing that your first instinct might not be the instinct you end up with. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she talks about some of that. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that is so insightful. I love that so much. And I think part of what I hear when you say Lori, like figuring out which tool, I also think of figuring out what your child might need to hear from you. Right. Mm -hmm. As you think about using your words, like, Uh you know, if my daughter was talking, yeah, the other day they were out playing, dad and my daughter were, or my, oof, (laughs) (laughs) my co-parent and my daughter were out playing ball in the backyard. And then it was like, hey, I come in, I'm like, oh, it's bedtime. Like, Mm -hmm. sorry. And it's like, okay, do you need to hear that like are you needing to finish the task are you needing some adjustment or forewarning because of your adaptability right is the plan different because you thought dad was putting you to bed and so i'll understand like you're disappointed that things aren't going on you know because it's your adaptability you're disappointed that mm-hmm. you know that this isn't what you thought was going to happen or mm-hmm. and i think yeah pinpointing that traits at play can help you also like help your child like diffuse them. Like, okay, you do understand that this is hard for me because of this. And now that you know temperament, what have I said? Now that you know temperament, Mm -hmm. you're in charge of utilizing it to build stronger, more positive relationships. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I know I do very intentionally is when I hear someone's adaptability create that block or that barrier. No, I don't think this is going to work. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not picking on Kenzie. She's picking on me. <laughs> when I hear, when I hear Kenzie say, no, I don't think this is going to work. I don't argue with her anymore. I don't say, Kenzie, you're yes, wrong. It she is just, going to work. She's learned that I, I need time to process. <laughs> I just patiently wait. I might smile. Alan, I might listen. I might, I might nod my head like, okay, it, let's just wait. And I know enough about Kenzie and her, her uh, ability to look at the bigger picture that if it's really a change that we do need to make, she'll see it. She'll see it. Mm-hmm. But I don't need to argue with her about it. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to argue with my child because they just needed time. Mm-hmm. So later on, we're going to talk about this behavior reaction cycle and how mm-hmm. we react to that first no. Or that first, you know, <laughs> that first, I'm not doing that, you know, right, th- that our child right. gives us. We can't react to our child's negativity or their attitude because when it comes to adaptability, we now know temperament. So we mm-hmm. have to recognize in time, it could be a very short amount of time. They're yeah. going to come around and change that no to a yes. Mm-hmm. So how about we allow them that space? Mm-hmm. We both win. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the funny thing about this conversation is I, a- I feel like I asked one question. I-, I don't know what it is, but I asked one question and somehow you answered another question I had on my list because I was going <laughs> to ask about that relationship because we do have different adaptability and how we kind of work through it. And you answered that too. So <laughs> I, Amy, yeah, yeah, I'll say, <laughs> but you also adjust 
you also understand our temperament mm -hmm. that my instinct might be like, I had this idea. Like, look <laughs> at this wonderful idea. And, and you're going to be like, let's take some time to think about this right, idea. Right. Right. Balance. It's not that one person's temperament is always the right, like leads us in the right direction. We balance each other out. Right. Mackenzie will come <laughs> with an idea and I go, okay, so let's look at the calendar. And I'm and not little, a big planner. But things we need to think about. And I'm like, oh, how much time maybe is we should have a plan. Edit. What's the plan? <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. So thank you. There yes. we go. That was yes. our stop, breathe, talk moment. That space allows us to pause, think about how does the topic we're talking about maybe sometimes just work in different realities? Thanks mm. so much. I love that Absolutely. when she comes in. I really do love it when she comes in, even though I'm a little frightened at first. Yes. Like, are you going to ask me something that I am going to go, <laughs> or am I going to say something competent and together? Mm. We don't know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Totally spontaneous. Good thing mm. we're adaptable. Yes, good thing. So yes, we've covered this trait of adaptability today. We're going to keep walking through these traits in our future episodes. It's going to cover some more special topics related to temperament, understanding right how we can parent with our kids' temperament and ours, developing that goodness of fit. So adaptability today, more to come in these coming weeks. More to come. Keep joining us. And especially thank you for joining us today on our Science of Parenting podcast. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. You can also watch us online on our social media. And frequently, depending on the topic, we will take your comments, um, play around with them live. So, you know, come along with us. Yes. Come along as we tackle the ups and downs, the ins and outs, and the research and reality all around the science of parenting. The Science of Parenting is a research-based education program hosted by Lori Hayens and Mackenzie Johnson, produced by Mackenzie DeYoung with research and writing by Barbara Dunn Swanson. Send in questions and comments to parenting at I-A-S-T-A-T-E. Edu. And connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. This program is brought to you by Iowa State University Extension and Outreach. This institution is an equal opportunity provider. For the full non-discrimination statement or accommodation inquiries, go to www.extension.iastate.edu slash diversity slash ext.